Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 744. Success is a peace of mind, which is a direct result of knowing you did your best to become the best that you are capable of becoming. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Randy Fisher. Hey, Randy, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Hey, Mark, I definitely am, so let's get it on. All right. Randy Fisher is the Vice President of Marketing at Prestone. He has over 20 years of industry experience and oversees the brand's marketing strategy as Prestone plans for its 90th anniversary this year. Happy birthday, Prestone. Responsible for the ever-growing brand awareness, channel marketing, and consumer engagement initiatives, he manages strategic partnerships, public relations, digital content, and much, much more. Since 1927, Prestone has protected drivers and their vehicles with cutting-edge products and their iconic yellow jug of antifreeze coolant that's been a trusted source among consumers for decades, me included. Prestone remains the number one choice among today's automotive enthusiasts and Prior to joining Prestone, Randy was the marketing director for Royal Purple Lubricants. So, Randy, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment share a little bit more about your career and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Of course. Thank you for that, Mark. That was excellent, actually. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. I'll have to work with you. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. You know, I'd love to say that I was kind of born into the automotive industry. My father worked for an automotive retail dealership group in Tucson, Arizona. That's where I'm from. And, ah. uh, he had a chance to uh, oversee the automotive side of the business, and we had about seven franchises, mostly imports and Chrysler. So essentially, I was born into the business. Uh, he was there for 28 years. I went to school, got my undergrad in marketing, and then went to work at the dealership. And for that five years after I graduated, I kind of did everything that was possible within the dealership with different franchises. Mm -hmm. Also going to uh, the NADA Dealer Academy and learning the ins and outs of sales, parts and service, finance, accounting, all that good stuff, and really, truly enjoyed the business and working with my dad. And then when he elected to retire from the business, I had the opportunity to go work for Honda on the OEM side, which I did for about four and a half years. And that was great. Uh, I had a lot of admiration and respect for the Honda Acura brand. And I thought that was a great opportunity for me. So I did that. And they moved me around the country for a little bit. So I went from Tucson to Louisville and then Louisville to Houston and did several different jobs, primarily on the sales side with them. And then I had the opportunity to go work for Group One Automotive, which is based in Houston, Texas, and spent a couple of years back on the retail side with them. And when you have a family with young children, hours can be long and difficult. So uh, I decided to make another change, staying within the industry itself, and went to go work for Mazda, as they have a large regional office here in Houston area. And Loved every aspect of that, but then I had the opportunity to go work at Royal Purple. And for me, that was something a lot different because obviously it wasn't on the automotive retail side and, right. uh, as well as the OEM side. So I thought, you know what, let's do something different. And I had a very good friend who actually brought me on board there who had talked about Royal Purple for years and years. And I got to see who they were first and foremost with the people that they have and two about the products and really gain a lot of respect 
for what they did. So when I had the opportunity to go work for them and become the marketing director, I said it was a no-brainer. And not only that, but it was five minutes from my house. So even <laughs> that's better nice. On the commute side. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. And that's really, I mean, you get to see when you go to shows, Mark, and you see people at the automotive events or dealer shows, you, you get to see the excitement and you get to see the new products coming out and all the exciting technological changes that are going on from the OEM side. But right. Where I really gained a large amount of respect was my time at Roll Purple and seeing the enthusiasts and the influencers and seeing the passion that car people have in regards to their personal vehicles, but also events and shows like Barrett Jackson or Meekum. And you can really determine and see, you know, what folks are doing out there and engaging with them and talking with them. And that's where I really became infatuated with it and loved all the time that I had there at Royal Purple, especially the brand itself. Very high performance products that uh, were very evolutionary in their change and wanting the best products on the market from motor oils, lubricants, gear fluids, transmission fluids, etc. Yeah. And a passionate following at Royal Purple. Not a, a, a big competitor out there in regards to some of the other folks that are out there, like the mobile ones of the world, oh, but yeah. <laughs> very passionate following with Royal Purple. Yeah. And uh, when people want to perform it, that's where they went to. So a uh, great opportunity uh, and had my time there. And then some things changed internally. And then I got the opportunity to come to Prestone and uh, very similar situation in regards to product focus, R&D focus, bringing the best products out to the market. And the biggest difference at Prestone is, yeah, as you mentioned earlier, we're celebrating 90 years. Yeah, so congratulations. That's my background. Well, I'm going to I'm going to call you Johnny Cash because you remind me of that song he wrote uh, I've been everywhere, man, because uh, it sounds like <laughs> you have been a lot of places and you mentioned Royal Purple. I had Kyle Neal, who's their partnership and events manager on the show uh, quite some time ago, actually, a couple of years ago. I'm very familiar with Royal Purple. Great brand, awesome brand. But of course, Prestone, man, known about you guys forever. So we're going to learn a lot more about you and Prestone and this 90th anniversary. So awesome as we continue on your journey. But first, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote or a mantra. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So Randy, take the wheel. <laughs> I appreciate that. You know, I'm also a, a sports junkie. I love sports. So this is my best time of the year for me. I love college basketball. I love the NCAA tournament. So I thought I'd throw one of those sports quotes out there from a great man named John Wooden. Oh, gosh. That yeah. For me, it's, <laughs> success is a peace of mind, which is a direct result of knowing you did your best to become the best that you are capable of becoming. Mm. So to me, you know, as long as you do your best, and sometimes the results don't always make it seem that you're the best, but knowing that you did your best and you planned and prepared yourself and you executed on what you wanted, then to me, that's a good way of determining what's peace of mind and how you define success. So there you go. There's a good one. Yeah. Well, you know, I love, he's got so many great quotes. My mom gave me a book of his quotes some time ago. She's always given me great motivational things. And, uh, oh my gosh, that man was full of great inspiration. Absolutely. So you pick the right guy to uh, choose a quote from for sure. <laughs> well, let's go back in time here. I'd love for you to share a story that instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you realize that you were indeed a car guy? You know, a car guy or a car aficionado. I mean, I look at both. I'm not the tinkerer per se. I mean, I love to be able to see people and what they do. I just, with my own personal time, it's very difficult. But I'll tell you, when I was younger, uh, we had a Mercedes franchise. And, you know, my dad would drive some of those vehicles sometimes and seeing the history of that. And, you know, I love the sedans, but I really love the SL convertibles. But then the first time that I ever saw a vehicle that I fell in love with was 
55 Mercedes-Benz uh, SL Goldwing. Oh, so, yes. Yeah, and yeah, of course, they're out of my price range now. But uh, <laughs> All of I'll our price that, ranges. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, you know, to me, when I first saw that car and the history of that car and where it was at and how it's evolved, with Mercedes through the years, that's kind of why I knew I loved vehicles. And also another point in time was um, the Acura franchise. Growing up with that as well, so we earned that Acura franchise back in 1986, and seeing the vehicles that came out of there, including the NSX, really got me excited. And I was a, a mid-teenager at that time, and I just loved the style, loved where uh, Honda was coming with Acura, and that just made me fall in love with cars even more at that time. So not only do I have, you know, the import side, but I've got the domestic side too. I mean, you can't go wrong with some of the old, obviously the Camaros and the Mustangs of the world. You know, we'll talk about a little bit later this call, but there's a, there's a build that we're doing that's pretty special for Prestone right now. And we'll talk about that too. As oh, well. cool. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. You know, my wife and I, we've been married 32 years now, but when we were younger, the second new car we bought for her and I was I was actually surprised I bought it at the time. It was an Acura Legend because I've been a German Ooh. car guy forever. And we were looking for something a little bigger than the Jetta that she had. We had a, a new baby, knew we were going to have a second child sometime soon, and just kind of stopped in one day at the Acura dealership to look at the – remember the Vigor? The Acura Vigor? Oh, yeah. The five-cylinder yes. oh, yeah. car? Yeah. That was uh -huh. the one we were looking at because of the price point. But this salesman was a very smart guy. And uh, he got me with the hook in the mouth and uh, drug me over and, and let my wife drive the legend. And she went, this is the one, honey. This is the one I've got to have. And we had that car for oh, wow. 12 years. It was an awesome car. Really, really nice car. Just, uh, you know, safe, big, sound, luxurious for the day. Great car. Yes, it, it was. It, and that's a great way to say it. Luxurious for the day. And I miss the Acura Legend name more than anything. I, You know, when everybody evolutionized to the alphanumerics of the world to, to follow the obviously the Germans. I missed the Acura legend name and I uh, wish they still had that around. So I'm 100% on board with you. That was a great vehicle. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Randy, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down. And you've driven down many roads, that's for sure. I'd love for you to share a huge challenge or even a big failure that you faced along the way. And it's not so much about the incident. It's more about what you learn from it. So kind of take us to that painful time, kind of walk us through it, and then tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum in your career. No, that's great. I mean, uh, perfect example for me was uh, when I first started with Honda. And to me, you know, I'd gone through the NADA Dealer Academy. I could speak uh, the dealership lingo and the language with anybody. But when I went to work for Honda and became a district sales manager, you know, I'm in my probably late 20s and uh, thought I knew a lot about things in life. And the biggest lesson that I learned and it's carried to me with this today is how to deal with people in the different relationships that you can build with them, specifically dealer principals. You know, they uh, are individuals who are very successful at what they do. They have a lot of ambition. They have a lot of drive and they've got a lot of personality. And I say that a very positive way, but to understand them and respect what they say, but also do what, you know, was expected of you from who you're being paid by, which is, you know, Honda at that time was pretty difficult. So I had to balance that and I learned very quickly and I had some failures. I had, uh, you know, certain situations where unfortunately the conversations didn't turn out the way I wanted to. And I had to swallow some pride for myself or some ego and to try to build, rebuild that relationship. And I think I've carried some of those lessons to where I'm at to today to make sure that I give everybody the same level of importance and priority and trying to understand who they are and respect their opinion and try to work on a common goal that uh, 
is fair to both parties. So to me, that was pretty important. Yeah, yeah. Now, I wanted to touch on this a little more because the takeaway I'm hearing through this story is there perhaps maybe was a different mindset in the way they function or the culture or the way they interacted either internally or with their customers. So can you kind of tell us what your takeaway there was or, or what was causing that situation to happen for you? Yeah, great example. So you obviously, you know, having the ability to read a dealer's financial statement and understanding where there's opportunities to improve in their business and specifically on the sales side, you know, so you look at processes. I mean, that was one of the biggest things that we tried to establish and develop is processes and taking care of the customers and treating customers right. And sometimes from the OEM side, we've done all the studies. Uh, you know, there's a tremendous amount of research and study that's done to say, okay, how do we take care of the customers and how do we ultimately get to the point where, you know, consumer reports or the publications of that sort that measure the manufacturers and, and their mm. sales perception. I mean, those are the things that you're looking at, but you've also got to deal with specifically sales managers, general managers and dealer principals who look at things differently and say, well, you know what? That's not necessarily going to work here in my town or or what I do in my dealership. And you have to overcome those. And I think you can't beat them over the head. So you try to say, you know what, here's how it can benefit you. Here's an example. Let's try this. Let's give it a shot for a week. Don't have to try it for a month. Let's try it for a short period of time and see what we can do. And then we evolve it. Mm. And I think those are the things that I've learned. Car dealerships have changed so much over time. And it seems like now even the Normal, say, domestic dealerships or car dealerships selling a more lower-priced car has followed the higher-priced platform, if you will. And I had a, a great guest here on Cars Yow, Russell LaFleury, whose job is to go out and counsel salespeople around the country, mostly high-end dealerships, uh, Ferrari, Porsche, Lamborghini, things like that, on how to interact with that kind of customer. But that has kind of trickled down, I think, because it used to be you'd go into the proverbial car dealership, the guy'd walk out, what do I have to do to get you in this car today? <laughs> yeah, yep, it was yep. like, you know, <laughs> stop re arm wrestling me. I'm just looking, leave me alone. And nowadays, it's a whole different thing. So I, I would assume there was some of that, even though you were younger then. Yeah, different ways and principles to interact with people. It's very interesting. There's a great book by Carl Sewell that I read years ago called Customers for Life. And he was a very yeah. successful car dealer. You probably know the name. And uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that was an awesome book where he talked about how to deal with customers in a in a great way. And my local BMW dealership must have followed his playbook because even they even had the candy dish when you go to uh, pay your, <laughs> when you go to pay your bill, so that the the, <laughs> the sting of that bill doesn't hurt so much when you get a piece of candy in your mouth. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exact subtle things like that. And I think you know, of course, you know, at that time too, this is the the late nineties where you've got the internet that really began to evolve itself too. Oh, and you yeah. had people become a lot more educated and research and stuff. And it's, yeah, I love the, the analogy and the statement that you brought up, you know, what will it take during your business today? Kind of mentality. Yeah. To, I mean, these, you know, customers are fully educated on how and what they want to do when they purchase their vehicles. And now it's about more about customer satisfaction and, and again, it's back to that process and engaging the consumer when they come onto your lot and treating them right. I mean, that's ultimately what we want. Well, building a relationship. And I think even for products like Prestone, building that relationship and how you interact with your customers, it's all evolving across the platform, if you will, with the internet these days. Because yes, consumers are really smart now. They know a lot of stuff. So you can't pull the wool they over They sure their eyes. do. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. You've done a lot of pivots in your career, all very positive. Is there one aha moment in your career that really stands out for you? It does. When I was at Royal Purple, 
and very similar to Prestone as well. But when I was at Royal Purple, um, you know, I started there back in 2011 and in 2012, we really started to amplify social media and really wanted to zig where everybody else was zagging. Mm -hmm. We felt that we can really make a difference on Facebook, uh, Twitter, as well as a couple of other social platforms. And our focus was to be the best in the industry when it comes to the automotive category with motor oil companies out there. And to me, that aha moment was to see the growth that we experienced in 2012 and 2013 to say, you know what, look at the amount of passionate people there are in this industry. And mm. The people following Royal Purple at that time, I mean, we were able to get it all the way up to 750,000 fans on our Facebook page, wow. which was more than anybody else in the industry. And, and, and when you see something like that, and you can truly differentiate yourself, not only from a product, but from a cultural perspective, mm -hmm. that really, truly set us apart. And that's what really was an aha moment for me. I had a great team on staff who was able to help lead that. We had agencies working on our behalf, which you know did an excellent job of executing yeah. what we wanted to accomplish. So to me, that was a great aha moment. And you can truly see how powerful social media is today and, and kind of turning that into where we're at with Prestone too. It's, it's embarrassing to say we're a 90-year-old company, but we actually started our social platforms at SEMA last year with Instagram and Facebook. So, yeah. You know, it's kind of interesting. Well, it's hard to turn an old ship into a new direction, that's for sure. But I think it's pretty amazing. You talk about a company selling oils and lubricants for oil purple and having that many followers, your eyes roll back in your head because you're like, I think for the normal non-car person, they go, how can anybody be excited about motor oil? It's just like stuff you pour yeah. in your engine. But you know what? <laughs> for us enthusiasts, we are crazy about this kind of stuff. I, I mentioned uh, to Randy here in our pre-show chat, I was just using, I've used Prestone forever. I was just topping off my wife's radiator uh, with it, kind of looking at the yellow jug there and smiling, going, God, I'm going to get to mm -hmm. talk to somebody at Prestone. This is kind of cool. That's what we car guys think about, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yep, definitely. It's a sickness, but it's a good sickness, you know? I mean, at least my wife can always find me. I'm always in the garage, so. <laughs> well, sure. Well, That's good. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about a Prouder's career moment. I would assume you've had many. You've been doing this for a long time, but is there one that really stands out for you you'd like to share? You know, there's a lot, but really I'd say the, the most current one for me is to be able to find that work-life balance uh, mm -hmm. and getting the opportunity to work at Royal Purple and to continue that here at Prestone is a proud moment for me. I still have, you know, kids that are both in middle school and high school and mm -hmm. finding that work-life balance and the ability to have a successful career, but also at the same time being a successful father and husband. I mean, those are the things that I continue to work on. So to me, that's that's a proud moment, but, you know, turning that within the business element to me, it's just what we were able to accomplish at Royal Purple. And, and it wasn't just me. I mean, it was started several years before I arrived. But to make it truly a cultural brand that people can look at and go, you know what, Royal Purple is a premium brand. And I would like to follow them and participate. And you had mentioned Kyle Neal earlier on this call. And um, it's interesting. I did bring Kyle on board to the Prestone team. And we've actually started a new truck and trailer program that's going to go around to enthusiast events throughout the country and throughout yeah. the year. To me, that's where you engage the enthusiasts and those people that can help influence consumers to buy your product. And that's exciting. And to me, those are the proudest business moments when I can go into a place and see 50,000 people with 5,000 cars at a car show. And you could just see it that, you know what, this is where I'm at. This is where I like to be. You mentioned mixing that life and work balance 
if you will, having uh, younger children or middle school, high school kids now. I can tell you, being a guy who has two kids that have now graduated from college and are moved off and building their lives and their careers, I can't emphasize more to everybody, take time for your kids. It sounds so cliche, but we get so busy with life. But, you know, before you know it, you're walking down the hallway and both their bedrooms are empty because they're gone. Mm -hmm. And I every night yeah. I walk down the hallway and I kind of stop and get a little tear in my eyes like, Man, where did that time go? Because I was the same boat, working lots of hours, traveling, busy, always saying, well, next weekend, next weekend. And you know what? That next weekend sometimes never comes because they're gone. So uh, you're, you're a very yeah. smart man for, for figuring out how to – it's hard. <laughs> it's really hard thing to do. I understand. Kudos to you no, for that. It is hard. So, well, thank you. It's, it's obviously something you always continue to work on and so it'll be interesting to see. And it evolves too when they leave. You know, they, they're still your buddies and friends, but it's in a whole different capacity. And well, let's move on here. I'm going to get all sad and weepy eyed here about my kids. Uh, let's have a little bit of fun. I'd love for you to share your first really special car and maybe a memory you have about that vehicle. Yeah. I mean, the first car that, um, again, going back to our conversation about Acura. So the franchise came out in 86 and I was 14 at the time. It just loved every aspect of it. And then the NSX came out and I'd love to be able to tell you, yeah, that's what I got for my first car. But <laughs> yeah, that'd be a, quite a first car. <laughs> it, it would have been. But, you know, my first car was uh, 88 Acura Integra. Nice. And um, the, a short story behind that was it was a surprise to me. Uh, I had something going on at school. So I got to sleep in one day. But my dad said, you know what? I've got to take you to school. you got to go into work early with me. And I'm like, well, I don't have to be at school till 10 o'clock. He's like, well, sorry. Yeah. you got to wake up at 6 and come with me to 7 o'clock. So I was like, all right. So I go to the store with him and he's doing his rounds and I'm sitting in the waiting room just doing whatever, watching TV and stuff. And he says, well, come outside with me. I want to talk to you about something. So I walk outside with him and we're talking about something on the service drive. And he goes, anyway, just want to let you know, see this car right here? And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, this is for you, son. Happy birthday. And, <laughs> How nice. You know, I'm like, yeah. I was like, wow, dad, thanks. I appreciate that. And then I open the door and I'm excited. I'm looking at everything and, and I'm like, holy cow. And then I look at it and it's a manual. Uh oh. And I don't know how to drive a manual. <laughs> <laughs> Time to learn. <laughs> exactly. So I got the chance to uh, work with one of the technicians for the next two and a half hours on the parking lot. Uh, driving that manual. So, I mean, it was a blessing <laughs> in my life that my dad obviously provided the opportunity for me. But to me, that you always kind of have those memories on first cars. And that was a fun memory for me and something that we chuckle about when my dad and I are together about wanting to drive that manual. Both my kids' first cars were manual cars. And I did it for a very distinct reason. When you're driving a manual car, you have to be engaged with what you're doing. It's very hard to be distracted by cup of coffee or a bottle of water or your cell phone or I mean your all your hands and legs are working you know it's not as easy to drive so I, I almost think it should be mandatory that every 16 year old has to learn to drive a manual I taught both my kids how to drive in a, I had an older 1972 911 Porsche so I taught them to drive in that car just so they could always look back oh, and wow. say I learned how to drive a manual in a Porsche 911 so <laughs> <laughs> I would like that as well yeah yeah fun fun stuff and my my son son's car to this day is a manual car. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. My daughter switched to the oh, dark side, true. but oh, I'll give her that break. You know, so Sure. She's an adult. She's old enough. Yeah, she can do whatever she wants now. Absolutely. <laughs> well, how about seller's remorse? Is there a car you've owned to let go that you really wish you had back? You know, I haven't. I've been kind of smart. I mean, obviously, with the Acuras, and then I'm, I went up to a small Tacoma truck 
just because we were doing more activities, my wife and I, when I was a little bit younger in our marriage. And then we started having children. So they, you know, the first car that we got together was actually a Saturn. I remember those. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sadly, obviously no longer around, but uh, they were good vehicles at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they did well with those. You know, from here there on out, we've just been smart in regards to what we try to afford and buy. And, you know, here in Texas, got to have a truck and uh, have oh, a yeah. Toyota Tundra that's built in San Antonio. But uh, so it keeps that truck. And then the wife's got a sport utility. So, you know, for the family. But, um, you know, so no, nothing that I've ever sold. I could tell you that there's cars on the list that uh, I'd love to be able to think about buying. My wife would love to have a, a 70s convertible Porsche, just as you've mentioned, yeah. um, manual, she would love to have. So I think that would be something to have a buyer's excitement on getting one day eventually yeah. and, and yeah. pick that up. Well, we're going to get to that question at the end here when I'll let you pick any car in the world and I'll buy it for you. So even if you want to pick one for your <laughs> wife, we'll do that. But uh, let's right now talk about today and tomorrow. I'd love for you to share a little bit more about Presto. Now, most people out there Everybody knows about Prestone. My goodness, been around for 90 years this year. Happy birthday, Prestone. But I'd love for you to talk about the company now and what has you really excited and fired up about the brand. Thank you for that. Yeah, Prestone, yeah, 90 years thinking about that. And we've got a, a great historical perspective on a, a website, Prestone90years.com, that really talks about throughout the years, starting in 1927 all the way up to, to now, some of the product changes and, and the technological changes that we've had with our products over the years to special events that occurred at that time that make you think, oh, that's interesting. So, but with Prestone itself, what's so exciting about it is that we've had a, a new ownership group that purchased Prestone last year in the first quarter mm-hmm. and a great parent company. They're based out of Toronto, Canada, and they've got a lot of things that they're looking forward to doing with Prestone this year. And with the products that we have, uh, the technological advancements that we've had, the leadership that we've got within those categories, it's just the right time to do all these fun things that we're doing. So we've done a, a lot of fun things so far, as I mentioned earlier about social. Uh, we're starting Twitter this month, but we're on Instagram and Facebook already. We started a truck and trailer program that's going to go to some of the biggest events in the country, including Hot Rod Power Tour, Syracuse Nationals, Back to the 50s, et cetera. But, you know, some of the other things that we're doing as well is to really get people to identify Prestone more than just antifreeze and coolant. We've got a great lineup of performance chemicals from brake fluid, power steering fluids, to uh, windshield wiper fluids, to triple seal leak protection. So if you had an engine gasket leak or radiator leak, we've got products for that. And we're so much more than just antifreeze. And I think that is going to be very exciting to help promote and market some of those products uh, throughout this year. Well, again, congratulations. It's just such an iconic brand, been around forever. And uh, it sounds like you guys are off to a great start to uh, embrace the brand into the new technology we have here with social media, which uh, isn't really so new, but it is kind of young sure. compared to Prestone, that's for sure. <laughs> it is. I have a very introspective question for you, Randy. If you were a car, what kind of car would Randy be? And why? <laughs> you know, right now we're doing enough, and I touched on this a little bit earlier. We're doing a project car this year with Prestone to celebrate the 90th anniversary, and we're doing it with a little group called Ring Brothers up in Spring Green. Oh, those guys have been the guests on cars, yeah. Here, great, great guys to partner with. Oh my gosh, can't wait to see what they, they are, build Mike for you. and Jim. Yeah. Oh, very exciting. So I'll, I'll tease a little bit, but what they're going to do with this car? It's going to be a 1972. 
AMX Javelin AMC. And Ooh. we're very excited about what they're doing to it. Of course, it's going to be yellow. Mm-hmm. And we do know that we're going to have a Hemi engine in it. But really, that's about it. That's all that we're letting out right now. But we're going to be unveiling it at SEMA this year. Oh, fine. Very excited about it. And it is a Prestone vehicle. So we're going to have that at all the different events that we go to for the rest of this year mm-hmm. uh, after SEMA of course, and then throughout next year. So we're very excited. And to be honest, what I've seen from just the renderings and hearing their conversation about it, I would love to be this car because (laughs) we're we're building this car to be driven. It's not just a showpiece, which we know they make, but we're going to be driving this car from autocross circuits, uh, special guest rides, Love for you to come down and possibly drive it as well. So very excited about it. Yeah. Well, and a Javelin, what a awesome car. I mean, when those things came out, they, uh, they were pretty dominant in Trans Am racing and, and so forth. And they're just such an aggressive car. Just their stance is so cool. And the Ring Brothers, oh my gosh, knowing what those guys build, they're going to come up with something insane for you guys. It's going to be really unique. It is. Yeah. Very excited about it. Can't wait for it. Yeah, absolutely. I look forward to that. I'm going to have to hold you to that. I heard you say come down and drive it. So uh, I'm going to be giving mm-hmm. you a call around SEMA time, I think. <laughs> so, I think this will be my 28th year going to SEMA this year. So I've been there a lot oh, of times. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I've walked a lot of miles on that hard concrete floor. That's for sure. Yes, you have. I know. I, you probably have too. Well, Randy, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom-patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member Finra Sipic. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website 
at carsyeah.com. Okay, Randy, we are back and we're entering the last lap. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Uh, the best automotive advice came from my father, and it came to respecting the individual across from you and mm. maintaining that eye contact, maintaining a professional atmosphere or environment, uh, dressing properly. It was always uh, make sure you look good, but also be respectful of the other people. So oh, yeah. to me, I've kept that uh, as much as I can throughout my life. Absolutely. Now, would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has helped contribute to your success? Uh, sports junkie, as I mentioned, I think <laughs> that uh, six years ago, I started doing triathlons. And to wow. me, it's the dedication of doing that. I, I did it up to all the way to the point of doing a full Ironman, which was uh, quite an achievement. Oh, my and, gosh. Um, yeah. Dedication of day in, day out of, of obviously practicing and from swimming to biking to running and doing all those and, and staying in condition and you know, trying to keep things in perspective, again, with that work-life balance, but also doing something for my own part. So that was a, a great opportunity for me. Wow. Kudos to you for that kind of discipline. Oh, my gosh. That's that's wild stuff. Crazy stuff. Holy mm -hmm. cow. Now, do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, I'd love to, you know, obviously have people come to the Prestone.com website. Perfect. Uh, obviously see everything about our products, but the Prestone 90 years, that's 90 years. Mm -hmm. Just to, to go on there and take a look at it and see everything that we've done uh, over the years with our product and the development and technological changes. And then, of course, please come to our Facebook, Instagram pages and start liking us on Twitter as well when you you know, stop following us on Twitter, I should say, when we start that up. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I'll make sure that I post all these links on Randy's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Now, Randy, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive field, living or deceased, who would it be? You know, to me, it would be with Mr. Ford. Ah, uh, um, yes. I would love to be able to, you know, to me, I try to envision sometimes what it would like to have been living at that time, seeing how things were made, and yet him making a, a monumental difference in regards to the way that they build products. And just to have that conversation and see the obstacles that he overcame from folks probably around him saying that that idea wouldn't work and then developing it to where it's at today. So yeah. I would love to have had that opportunity. You know what's incredible when you think about Henry Ford to me is back when he started the Ford Motor Company, Unlike today when you start a company where there's lots of things that already exist that you need, like power to run your factory. He didn't have that. Mm -hmm. He had to figure out yeah. how to power his factory. I mean, the, the machinery <laughs> didn't exist. They had to invent it, design it, and create it. it. It's an overwhelming concept when you think about Henry Ford and what he did. It's absolutely spectacular. So, yeah, wouldn't he be cool to sit down and have a drink with him? Man. That would be Definitely. something. Well, how about a book? Is there a book that you'd like to share with the Carshall listeners that you think is worth reading? Uh, you know, I'm actually reading a book that actually was recommended to me from one of my colleagues, and it's The Four Disciplines of Execution. And it's mm. by several authors, but uh, Sean Covey, Jim Hewling are the primary ones with uh, another gentleman. But really, it's talking about being disciplined and, you know, establishing breakthrough results. Ultimately, how do you work with your teams, develop the strategies and, you know, evolve the behaviors within them to achieve a team success. So to uh, me, that's been an interesting book. So sounds like an awesome book. I have to get my hands on that. I love books like that. And I'll remind our listeners that you can find all these great resources Randy has shared on his show notes page at carsyad.com. And there's a great place on the Carsyad website called Guest Recommended Books under the References tab, where I've posted this book by Randy and all the past or 743 guests that have been on the show here. Here. There's almost a thousand books listed there, and I made it really easy for you to buy. Just 
click and purchase. All right, we are up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. If you could have only one very cool collector car in your garage, but money's no object today since it's your 90th birthday here for Preston, I'm going to buy you <laughs> any car you like today. What would that vehicle be and why? Well, I, I mentioned it earlier, and I'd love to have your checkbook. Just uh, <laughs> write a check over to me to purchase that 55 Mercedes-Benz mm. um, 300 SL Goldwing. So <sighs> uh, when you're when you're wedding, you give up some of that money, Mark. I'm I'm ready to <laughs> take it. You know, this is not the first Goldwing I've had to buy, and what's what's, <laughs> what's uh, yeah, I'm broke by now with all these cars. But I'll tell you, what's kind of fun is just a few days ago, I had a guest on the show that selected this very same car because he actually had one. And then let oh, it go. Goodness. Yeah. Sid Mead, who is a incredible designer and futurist. The gentleman is uh, celebrating a lifetime achievement award this year. I mean, just a spectacular guy in the automotive and travel industry. And yeah, he chose that car too. So uh, I'm interested. What color would you like yours to be? Oh, it's silver. So, okay. It definitely has to be the yep, silver. Yep. That's yeah. a classic color for sure. Yeah. I got to spend a day with one of those ones photographing it. I'll send you a picture. Uh, of me sitting in that car, I got to drive it up and down the back lot there, not uh, really very far. But uh, you know what's amazing to me about those SLs is just how solid they are for an old car. They drive like a modern car. They're just they're just a solid block of steel. It's incredible. Mm. Yeah, very, right. very well, nice. You're, you're making me salivate <laughs> and then you're making me jealous. So, okay, well, don't worry. I'm going to send you one. <laughs> so I might have to drive it over there to Texas to uh, – to you instead of ship it because I want to experience the drive, but uh, I think you'd look pretty good in a going for sure. Well, Randy, you've taken me thank on you. an awesome ride today, and I've really enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with me and the listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you head off into that Texas sunset in a 55 300SL going? <laughs> Sounds nice. Doesn't I, I it? definitely <laughs> can. It does. I appreciate that. You know, all I could say is, you know, I've I appreciate you obviously taking the time to listen to me and some of my history and Preston as well. But to us, it's we're a community of enthusiasts and we're all fans out there in the automotive industry and we love everything that's automotive. And it's exciting to be at these events. So if you're an enthusiast and you love automotive events, keep doing it and keep participating in it. And hopefully we'll see you there one day. Absolutely. And again, what's the best way for our listeners to follow along with Preston and learn more about what you guys are doing all the time? Thank you. Anytime, Prestone.com. You can go to our website. And then, of course, on our social platforms, which is at Prestone Official, you can follow us at everywhere we go as events and everything else. Absolutely. Well, again, I'll put all these links on Randy's show notes page at CarsYad.com. Just type Randy Fisher into the search bar. That page will pop right up. And I would encourage you to follow what they're doing. If you're going to be at SEMA this year or just follow them online, you'll see this very cool javelin that the uh, Ring Brothers are building for them. I can't wait to see what they do because they always put a really cool twist on things. Randy, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. So thank you, Mark. I had a great time on the show. Again, thanks for taking the time to listen and uh, all the best. Pleasure's been all mine. Thank you. What's every automotive enthusiast's dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. 
Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Cars Yeah!